Hello, wrestling fans. This is the Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast, coming to you each and every week, talking about the best from WWE, AEW, and NXT. As always, you can join in on the conversation by hitting us up on our Twitter, which is at LiveYourGimmick. That's the at symbol, followed by L-I-V-Y-O-U-R-G-I-M-M-I-C-K. M-O-U-S-E. On cue. Of course you got me. My name is Jason. Joining me this week, as they do most every week, I have Michael and Kevin. What's going on, fellas? How we doing? It was more like a cross of, like, not Jason Hummel, that was like Jason Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, thanks. <laughs> All right, cool. So I mean, you guys are good? I Jason Jordan, but that works. It's, it's, it's been about a week since we've all talked. Everybody's doing good. I feel like it's been more than a week. Oh, two weeks, two yes, because we missed last yeah. week. So it's been two weeks since we all talked. Mood, and then things were too late, and then someone got sick. So, like, it was just never-ending. No, I didn't get sick. I got shingles. Yeah, how's that doing? Um, It's doing. I'm I guess. sure our listeners it's... out there really want to know about your bout with shingles, so. I oh. mean, why wouldn't they? That's probably the most interesting thing we're going to talk about tonight. <laughs> It's not horrible. It's just it's I don't know. It's I kind of you go through spells mm-hmm. of where it's like old people. It, no, it's just like an itching, but like it's like a irritation where I just like I can't like literally the other night I couldn't stop like itching like my head for like forty minutes straight. So and then like where it's add on me because it's on my head and my neck. But like it, the, all my nerves right here. It's just like attacking my nerves. Ooh. So I'll, I'll get these like, like crazy nerve like pains. So, but then I'll be fine, and then all of a sudden I'll get something. So yeah. I've been good most of the day today. So well, that's good. That's good. That's good. Glad that you're uh, feeling a little bit better. Glad that to have you back on the podcast. Not that anybody missed since we all missed last week, so it didn't really matter. But <laughs> <laughs> Michael, how about you? Is everything going good? Yeah. I don't have shingles. That's a plus. That's cool. (laughs) Well, sorry we missed last week. We did have some scheduling conflicts. We hope to do an immediate reaction to Fastlane, but unfortunately it didn't happen. So here we are today, ready as we'll ever be, to bring you our reactions as well as talk uh, about uh, AW, NXT, and Raw and SmackDown in our for or against segment. So without further ado... Let's talk WWE Fastlane. Very interesting pay-per-view. Took place last Sunday. Um, you know, I, I kind of dig some of these off-brand WWE pay-per-views. I, I, I guess off-brand is the way, bad way to put it. I mean, like, uh, not one of the big four, right? It's not Royal Rumble. It's not even Money in the Bank. So it's a, the, the big five. It's just kind of like one of those kind of throwaway pay-per-views. But I feel like the work rate in these shows is so much better than some of the other shows. And WWE pay-per-views, honestly, over the last couple of uh, months, since they've kind of switched to a format that's that's less matches and longer matches, I think they've been better anyway. But I didn't think Fastlane was any different. Uh, overall, what did you guys think of the pay-per-view just off the top? I, I was impressed because I went into it with like very, very little interest, and it kind of turned it around on me. Yeah. yeah. Those, are all, those are always the best pay-per-views when you're just like, eh. Not so, you know, interested, but then ends up being like great. Like, it, it just it, that's I think that's what I've seen anymore is like you think, oh my god, like yeah, this pay per view is gonna be great, but then like it's just very disappointed. But right, yeah, I I, I was uh, a fan of it. 
I mean, as long as you go in two with two high expectations, too, because you know that this is just the stepping stone to WrestleMania. Everything that happens at the show is the further storylines leading to WrestleMania. So as long as you go into it knowing that, you know, it's, it's an easy show to enjoy. So um, starting from the top of the card, let me see if I can get into this uh, CBS.com results thing. This isn't the normal one that I'm normally on, so it's like starting me at the top, and i got to work my way back to the bottom. So the opening match of the show, I believe, was the... Was it the women's tag Women's match? tag. Well, yeah. There, I, I guess there was a pre-show match beforehand, which was Riddle versus Mustafa Ali, and it, it looks as if Mustafa Ali has uh, been bounced out of retribution because he lost the match. What did you guys think of Do you guys see any of that stuff? Yeah, I'm hoping that's like the yeah. death of retribution. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that was just fucking shit show from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and all those guys can be repackaged to do something else. So, it, you know, I, I, I'm okay with that being the death of retribution for anything more than hopefully Mia Yim can just get her Mia Yim back and just be back on TV and and wrestling in the women's division because she hasn't wrestled a match since she's been a part of retribution. She attacked Dana yeah. Brooke one time in the back, and that was it. Like, there was no match that came out of it. There was no payoff to it. It just... It just didn't really make a whole lot of sense. So, you know, for, for anything for her, I'd like Retribution to be over so they can finally do something with her because she is uber talented and being kind of wasted right now. And even from Staff Ali, too. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, he, he's just so super talented. And, like, this is, to me, just not been anything good for him. Yeah, it just wasn't I, a good fit. Yeah. But I didn't watch the match, so. I, yeah, and I give him credit, though, for at least trying to own it and make something of it. Even though it wasn't working, people made fun of the whole gimmick before he he was even a part of it. He tried to be a part of it and legitimize it and and make it into something, so I give him a lot of credit for that, at least. So even if that was the end of Retribution entirely, at least you know he kind of gave it his all and tried to do something with it. So then we move on to the women's tag match where Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, they retain their titles against Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. A lot of, as Pat Patterson would say, gaga going on in this match. There was just a lot from Reginald being a part of it to the back and forth between Shayna and Nia, the back and forth between Bianca and Sasha. It was just a whole lot of craziness that led to them retaining their titles. But you can almost sense a bit of a split between Shayna and Nia possibly coming as well. Um, but uh, match overall, I thought was okay. Probably not the best match on the card. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I may have skimmed through that match because I didn't watch live. Okay. All right. You fast forwarded through it. Not enough yeah, to keep your attention. Yeah, I, I I did watch the whole thing. Uh, yeah, kind of, you know, as far as yeah, maybe not the best match on the card. I, I really I really like Reginald. I think he's yeah. <laughs> I think he's a really good part of the show. No matter like, cause he's been in so many different roles and stuff, and even like the stuff that like he kind of does with Naya. Like it almost to me like her on the mic. It, it's not my favorite thing, but if you get Reginald involved and just like her talking about him and stuff, like. I think that's pretty funny. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, it just, it, it was very, actually, I mean, honestly, the end of it with Sasha slapping the shit out of Bianca, you guys caught, did you catch that, Jason? Yeah, I did. The yeah. end of, I mean, so it, it, it's like intriguing. Like, is she like 
go on heal, or is this just like very heelish? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I don't know yeah. if she's just playing the heel in this match. You know what I mean? Is this like the Shawn Michaels, Hulk Hogan thing where Shawn Michaels is just the heel for their program and then he's back to a face? So I don't know. Yeah, and we we talked about a little bit about that. It might have been just Michael and I on one of the shows that you missed, but you know, I, I had mentioned that I think Sasha needs to be that heel character for this for this to work. You can't really do I, I just don't feel like a babyface versus babyface match between the two of them would be interesting. Like it's gotta be that heel I'm the boss, Sasha Banks, like that NXT boss, Sasha Banks, which I feel like she's kind of becoming. I I, I don't know, you know, are you catching some similarities there at all? Yeah, I mean, I think maybe maybe just for this match. And then maybe at the end, like, Bianca is, like, probably going to obviously win. Like, okay, handshake, here you go. Put her over a little bit. Put her over a little bit. But but see, the thing is, though, like, but I, I don't know. I... I'm all for like Sasha be like heel. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like like the Miz. To me, the Miz heel. I don't like him as a baby face. Sasha, I like her as a heel. Not no, a baby I face. agree with you. I, I'm the same with Sasha. I, I like her better as a heel too. Michael, you got opinion either way there? I mean, I've always said that Sasha really is only interesting when she's a heel. Uh, face Sasha's kinda of boring. Always no. has yeah. been. I can yeah. agree with that there. Yeah, definitely. It's, kind of, it's like it's like Charlotte too. Like, sorry, I don't, I don't, I don't care for Charlotte's face. Just, just like her dad, mm-hmm. like Ric Flair. You know, he could play face, but sorry, Ric Flair is a heel. You know, what I mean, same thing. I think was like Charlotte. Charlotte's so much better as a heel. I don't, I don't. You know, there's certain ones. Now you look like Bailey. You think, oh my god, she's like white meat, you know, baby face, but she plays such an awesome heel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's funny that three of the four horsemen women are so much better as, as heels than face. And then mm-hmm. you've got Becky Lynch who just is stone cold Steve Austin in a woman's body. Right. Yeah. yeah. She, she tried to, she tried to be that hardcore heel, but she couldn't be. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Becky, Becky's just authentic. You know, she, she is who she is and she just, and that's the same way with Steve. Steve was just himself. He just amped it up and, and Becky kind of did the same thing. You know, Bailey, I think she can still go both ways. I, I think there is a redemption story that can be played with Bailey with this character. She is now get hated enough that eventually she, she turns the corner and people like her again. I don't think she could ever go back to the same ponytail hugger baby face but i think i think oh, no. bailey can go both ways mm-hmm. and be effective with it either way i i think that's that makes her maybe a little bit more valuable or unique in that way where she's you know she she had a great because nxt bailey i mean that baby face run can't be touched i mean she was oh, amazing no. yeah. in that role but she also had the perfect foil in sasha so she had that perfect you know, the, the perfect opponent to go up against, or even, you know, she, she kind of did this run where she had to beat like Charlotte. She had to beat um, Becky. She had to beat these top tier girls to get there. And she was doubted every step of the way. And it just kind of built that up even more. So that type of run, I don't think could ever be duplicated with her, which I don't think it needs to be, but this heel run could lead to a, to a baby face thing for her down the road. I'm a little bit disappointed. I'm actually kind of, shocked that Bailey has nothing going into WrestleMania right now. I I, I totally agree with you there. I mean, there, you got nothing for her? 
She was a SmackDown Women's Champion for what three hundred days, and you don't have a WrestleMania spot for her. Like it's two nights, and you can't find a spot. I mean, for she'll probably be in the because usually don't they do the like May Young or whatever they call it now Battle Royal, the women's yeah, version of the Andre but- Giant one. As good as Bailey has been, you know she's never had a one-on-one match at WrestleMania. That's, that's more. That's not so much something on her. That's more something on just how the women's divisions kind of treat. Well, I know, I know, but she well, as many of them Grant. into one match as possible. Grant, that's only one less than Jerry Lawler. So that's true. Good point. Good point. <laughs> so she's got time. Yeah, she has a budding rivalry with Michael Cole. Maybe we can get the coal mine back. And, oh my and, god, uh, that would that'd I think be that, great. Well, that's what she joked about on Twitter the other day. Is like. Hey, am I finally going to get my first uh, WrestleMania match against Michael Cole, too? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And uh, and then Beth Phoenix, actually, I think on Twitter's come to Michael Cole's aid a couple of times. So that would even be interesting if she could pull Beth Phoenix into a single match. Like, that would be a nice little dream match to have or something. But come on, man. Get Bailey a spot on WrestleMania. All right. Uh, moving on, though, uh, we got a lot to cover and a short amount of time to do it. So we have the Intercontinental Championship match, which was between Big E defending his title against Apollo Crews. This match was a bit of a surprise for me. I I wasn't sure what to expect going in. I loved the aggressive side of Big E. And even though the accent that just came on out of nowhere is weird, I'm kind of digging this Apollo Crews. Um, <laughs> he took it. He took it from Kofi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the Nigerian accent, like it's it's weird that he just all of a sudden adopted it, and now it's like it's just him going forward. Like he's like, I have this accent now. You're going to listen to me, and that's it. Like he's just he just has it. Okay, cool, good for him. But uh, yeah, I liked this match. I thought it was interesting. I thought the finish was. I I enjoyed the way that Big E got the win. Uh, but it just didn't fit. It didn't fit the rest of the match. Like he was so dominant at the beginning of it, but yet he won by like a lucky, you know, um, almost like an amateur wrestling pin that he got in. Mm-hmm. And then you know, of course, Apollo kind of jumped on, and it kind of surprised the commentators too because it just the the finish just happened so abruptly that it was just over. But I, I liked the match. What'd you guys think? Yeah, I mean, it's not shocking that that was a good match because they're both probably two of the most impressive guys that uh, WWE has on their roster in general, Mm -hmm. let alone, like, including, like, NXT talent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was, I was, uh, I'm kind of shocked by how aggressive Big E was at the beginning. Like, Mm -hmm. I wasn't expecting that. I thought, I thought I was going to see, like, honestly, Apollo, like, come out, like, aggressive just the way he's been like leading up to it right with the attacks and stuff on biggie i thought he was going to come out be the aggressor so i think that was a great kind of almost swerve in a way was biggie coming out as the aggressor so yeah and you kind of you kind of thought wait are they burying apollo already like oh my god he's just getting his yeah. ass kicked you know and when he did that i first of all when biggie does that spear through the ropes that is always impressive as hell and I don't know how the dude doesn't have horrible shoulders from taking that that spill out on the apron every time that he does that. It's so scary sometimes. It is, too. yeah. And but when he did the the splash on the apron and hit it twice, I mean that just looked brutal, just absolutely brutal. Uh, yeah, that is the hardest part of the ring. I don't know if you guys know that or not, but. <laughs> Um, but yeah, good match overall. Uh, anything else to say before we move on to the next monstrosity? Nope. (laughs) Speaking of monstrosity, the monster among men, the freight train, Braun Strowman, um, he, 
was supposed to have a match with Shane McMahon, but then Shane apparently injured himself pre-workout and was not able to compete. So Elias stepped in and Braun pretty much squashed Elias. I mean, kind of a throwaway. Are you guys interested at all in Shane and Braun at WrestleMania? Nope. Nope. Okay. Well, I can take that question out of for or against. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I mean, this whole storyline with Shane calling him stupid and just the random bullshit from that. It's just it's just a weird story. Slime in him. Yeah. Like, what the what was that? I don't know. I just I don't like Shane McMahon. Like when he's like, it's like he's like um, lost his voice and he can barely speak. You know what I mean? Like in some of his promos, he's yeah. just so quiet. It's, it's like he can't barely talk. I don't. I can't stand it. I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I th- zero interest in this whatsoever. Yeah. And then this match was a bit of a surprise that was on the card. It seemed like it kind of got announced really quickly, but it was Seth Rollins and Shinsuke Nakamura. Wow. I mean, this match was a fun match start to finish. Really enjoyed it. Um, Seth, you know, obviously got the win because they're kind of building him towards probably a match with Cesaro at WrestleMania. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, this this was a nice little surprise on here, and I think it's going to be one of those kind of forgotten matches, but people that go back and watch this pay-per-view will be like, holy shit, like, that was an awesome match. But, yeah, I mean, it was it was a lot of fun back and forth. Yeah, the yeah. match was incredible, and I, I legit for a moment thought Shinsuke was going to go over because towards the end there he, he had some pretty crazy offense, mm-hmm. looked like a comeback. Yeah, definitely. What were you going to say, Kevin? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. I, it was kind of one of those yeah, one of those matches that was sad that they didn't have uh, more build to it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because um, as good as it was, you met like with some kind of build between these guys. Like, imagine like how many more great matches like they would have, even though they're going to go the direction now, like you said with Rollins and Cesaro. But yeah. Um, I'm glad this kind of version of Shinsuke is back. Yeah, I, I, yeah. He's like we talk about heels, babyface. Like I like babyface, like Shinsuke. Yeah, but like in the backstage you know, segment he had with Riddle before, <laughs> was funny. Yeah. Did you see that where he just disappeared yeah, all of a sudden? <laughs> uh, that was good. Good stuff. Um, all right, then the next match was just a knockdown drag out fight. Just a good old fashioned just. I mean, these guys were laying in potatoes all over each other. Uh, Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre. I mean, I don't know if you saw Sheamus's back when this match ended and some of the welts that oh, yeah. Drew had. Oh, my God, these guys mm-hmm. went to town on each other. Um, Drew coming out with the uh, the William Wallace paint on his face. I thought that was a nice touch, the war paint going into war. Uh, but I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was great. I don't know about you guys. Oh yeah, go ahead, Mike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I didn't care about this match, and then I watched it, and like, well, shit, that was that was actually fucking pretty insane. Like, just the fucking way they beat the shit out of each other, and then all the stuff when they went into the crowd, like, well, crowd. I mean, right. just LED <laughs> yeah. screens, but, the virtual crowd. Yeah, yeah, like it was it was insane. I, I was not expecting half of that. All, all, all I kept them. thinking about is when they knocked out those LED boards. All I kept thinking about is like, man, those fans are probably like, oh, I can't see anything now. <laughs> Earth with the black. <laughs> There's a callback. Yeah. 
that would have that um, that is how they should have done it. All right, I still stand by that to this yeah. day. <laughs> um, I think we all can agree when McIntyre came out with the William Wallace face paint. Somebody even I forget who tweeted it. It was a fellow wrestler or somebody. Um, they had like a close up of his face or whatever, and somebody just tweeted like, "Oh shit." <laughs> like, it's like, like he, he needs business. Yeah, this, this was, I mean, until the main event, like, this was my match of the night. Like, yeah. it's a very, very, very close, like, almost, I would say 1A, actually. Um, yeah, match was freaking awesome. Like, yeah. from start, like, start to finish, just the whole time, like, like a brawl, like, you love to fucking go back and watch and see, so. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was really good. I can't say enough enough good things about it. Kudos to Sheamus and Drew McIntyre for really putting on a putting on a show. The next match was interesting, um, and uh, I think we all kind of predicted what would happen, but I don't think we predicted what it would look like. And that is the Alexa Bliss versus Randy Orton match. So Alexa Bliss comes out in her demented gimmick where she her face is looking more and more like a dead person every day. So I think that's really interesting. I don't know if you guys have noticed how much her makeup has changed over the course oh, yeah. of the last few weeks to where she's, she's looking her face paler and paler. Yeah, and I think that's that's an interesting uh, play how they're doing that. But you well, know, well, the more the fiends inserted into her, the paler she gets. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. <laughs> The more we're, we, the more the deader the Alexa gets inside. <laughs> no, I totally got it. I was just glossing okay. over it. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I, I was letting it go, but thank you. <laughs> yeah. oh, um, but anyway, so you know, I, I just. It's not me, it's the shingles talking. Yeah, of course. Um, I just thought it was cool the way that they, they presented this match. I like how she has her own little purplish-red light. I like where she almost dropped the uh, the lighting grid on top of Randy and just kind of the just playing games back and forth. And then, of course, we got the debut of the new, new Fiend. I'm curious, your immediate reactions to the new Fiend look. I guess I'm going first. Uh, <laughs> oh boy, yeah. This this at first, like his head popped out or his hand popped out, and I was like, okay, he, yeah. he looks like some like Jason Voorhees shit. Like they right. actually like have like he has gloves to make it look like he's like all crispy and melty, and then his head popped out. I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm, I'm digging it. Like his his face is all melty, and then he, the rest of him came out, and I I I'm so confused because it looks like. They just threw Bray Wyatt in a dumpster filled with stuff from a building that just burned down, and he just put on whatever he could find so he wouldn't have to run around naked. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's there's no rhyme or reason to that new like attire that goes with the Captain Milty look, and it like it doesn't resemble anything he's ever worn. To so it makes even less sense. And at first, I thought, oh. Maybe it's just because they had that like fire pyro go off, so they wanted to make sure he was well protected, so he wouldn't you know have an Undertaker moment and catch fire um, when he was supposed to make his grand entrance. Uh, but no, no, they're that's they're they're sticking with it. That's what we were on Raw too, yeah. And mm-hmm. I don't know if they were just trying to make it look like his jacket melted to him when he was set on fire. Maybe. I mean, if they did, they must have forgot that his jacket. W- wasn't one of old Raymond Reigns' old vests turned white and scaly? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, very true, very true. Unless it, you know he that's his uh, 
his war armor. I don't. I don't know. I, I'm with you. the the entire the the entire attire uh, the entire outfit didn't didn't really mesh with me. What about you, Kev? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. Like his face though, and mask now is mm-hmm. oh yeah, like oh it looks it's great. Freaking cool. Yeah, it's freaking amazing. But yeah, everything else is it's just kind of he kind of looks looks like um, Captain Underpants, but like with black. My God, he does <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so if Captain like, Underpants was just like covered in overalls, like yeah, in a burn victim, it, that's one hundred percent what it'd be. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's a lot of things. <laughs> um, well, there's a lot going on in that new fiend. There so. is. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Captain Underpants wore overalls and was a burn victim. All right, cool. Uh, moving yeah, on. Title um, of the show. You're welcome. Title for the yeah. show. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of with you guys. I, I, I like the the old fiend look, so it's going to take some getting used to. But the, the melty mask and the hair, even, you know, how it looks and and all that. I, I'm really curious if we're eventually going to see neighbor Bray again and what he'll look like if we do. I mean, I have to assume he's going to just be like bandaged up and, and stuff. Cause I can't imagine they're going to be like, Oh, he's been gone for three fucking months because you know, he's the fiend and he was lit on fire. Uh, and he's just gonna come back like normal, but the fiend looks like, yeah, because the Fiend was figure. burnt to crisp, not Bray Wyatt, and they always try to make them separate sometimes. So I, I'm curious if we do see him, what he'll end up looking like. Or if he'll like make it a game where maybe he'll like show up in a full body cast or something like that, but then like magically pop out of it or something. I think that'd be funny. Or, or, or he does the, the Phantom of the Opera masks. Oh, yeah, that could work too. Yeah, they, they probably have one of those laying around from when Taker used it back in like 1995. Yeah, and then he can just sit there playing the organ in the what's left of the <laughs> the playhouse. There Fire you go. Funhouse, that's what it is. Yeah. Speaking real quick of outfits of Taker, have you guys ever seen the prototype Taker outfit for the vid- um it was for a No Mercy video game, I guess back in ninety eight. But he he was in you know how he used to wear okay, the gray gloves and the gray over the boots or he had the purple. Yeah. They had a prototype that he for the game but they never came out with it. It was red. Really? Hmm. Huh. Yeah, you can find you can find the photo. I just saw it the other day online. Like, well, I know some some I, of those games you could customize some of that mm-hmm. stuff. So I don't Man, know if he, if he would if he would have worn red like that would have been that like, get up with looked, the red it, it, with red gloves looked, and stuff yeah, like that. It yeah. looked pretty freaking look cool. sweet. I feel like the only issue you run in with that is then eventually when Kane shows up, yeah, then they match. And That's gotta be Kane. <laughs> Damn it! Damn it! <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, all right. So that led us to the main event of the evening, which did not disappoint. Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan, Edge as a special guest enforcer. We had a lot going on here, but man, if if anybody still doubted that Bryan had what it takes to be a main event player, those doubts were put to rest pretty quickly in that match. Roman, to his credit, kept up. Played his part perfectly, did a great job in the match, and then, ooh, that edge kind of heel turn at the end. I'm a little disappointed I didn't get a chance to watch SmackDown yet today because I want to see where they're going to go with 
this edge character and how you know the the whining this is supposed to be my moment thing i i ah man i don't know is this is this gonna be a triple threat match i mean did did you misinterpret that because i didn't take that as a heel turn i took that as brian accidentally hit him and he got pissed and beat the fuck out of everybody that that's not necessarily make him a heel yeah yeah because he he hit roman too so he did everybody but he he had that whiny he had that whininess to him and the whole like it's it's supposed to be my moment thing like he's 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 mad that because really brian won he made brains tap right edge just missed it so but i think he's I, I interpreted it as him being upset that he's not getting that moment, the one-on-one moment, or that like it's not all about him and Reigns because Daniels inserted himself into the mix. That's that's what I took away from that whole thing. Yeah, I don't think he's going to turn he, like heel off of it. I, I can see him just being pissed off, like maybe just having a lapse in the moment kind of pissed off thing. But I think that's why, like, I from what I've heard, what I've heard is that Brian was going to be added to the match. They're going to, yeah, make, so, make it a triple threat, which I fucking can't stand. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not for that because it's like either have Brian and Edge or have just Edge room. It just be Edge yeah. and Roman. Yeah. Like, hey, sorry, just like when Charlotte, you know, got in the match with Becky and Ronda. Like to me, like that. Sorry, that ruined that match. Oh yeah. So, yeah, um, I mean, you know, I, I was thinking about this the other day because, uh, you know, w- with Sasha and Bianca, somebody inserted a picture of Charlotte being a part of that match and, and making it, you know, whatever. The way that I, I guess the way that I looked at that, and, and even with Becky, with, with Becky, you're going to solidify her, you know, if she beat Charlotte for the title or she beat Ronda for the title that makes Becky a big deal, but beating both of them in the same match almost makes her a bigger deal. So even adding her to like the Bianca side, which they're not going to do, obviously there's no storyline there or anything like that. But you know, you think about trying to build a character like Bianca Belair. Yeah. It's one thing for her to beat Sasha Banks, but if she beats Sasha Banks and Charlotte in the same night, that's a huge deal. But if they make this a triple threat match, my question would be maybe, they don't want to put the title. Maybe Edge doesn't want the title. Maybe he's in this situation to tell the story and create some rivalries, but maybe the title would go on Brian and he beats Edge and Roman in the same night. And that's a good way to get the title off of Roman too. You know what I mean? Like there could be some, some different things that they could do there uh, because, you know, if Roman doesn't lose the title because he's not involved in the finish, then that's, that's a good way to get the title yeah. off of him without hurting his character where he can still be the head of the table, the main event, whatever, because he didn't actually lose <clears> the <throat> title, and that gives him a, a reason to chase it too. So, I, I mean, there's a lot of different ways I, I, you can go I can, I, can see, I can see that because I don't think Edge really still is going to be wrestling a full-time schedule. Yeah. So I could see him not winning. The, I can honestly see Roman retaining. I can too, and that's another way to build Roman. You have him go over top of Daniel Bryan and Edge, then, man, that, that makes him even more unstoppable. Because who's gonna who's gonna take that title gonna, away from gonna, Roman? Exactly. Like I and I think, in my personal opinion, that's what I would keep doing. Like, yeah, I would. I'm just gonna throw this out here. I feel like that's what has to happen because I feel like the only way this story ends for Roman is Roman versus Brock. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you need to build back, Roman though. up to be this unstoppable force, so it's believable when he beats Brock or 
it's more impressive when Brock beats him however they go. Yeah, but at mm-hmm. the same time, though, isn't that what you're supposed to build new stars up for? Like, isn't that what building up, like, a Big E or a Cesaro or somebody else would be to take that spot away from him? Because Brock's already established. We already know Brock can beat Roman. That's not a surprise. I think, I I mean, I, I understand what you're saying as far as new stars, but I think, honestly, probably in Vince's eyes, he doesn't see... You know what I mean? And Mike, you might agree with this. Like, he sees, okay, Brock Lesnar is the big star, but maybe he doesn't see big stars. And, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Does he, does he, does he see Cesaro as his champions? No. Eventually, and, especially if we start getting live crowds and stuff again. And, and let's be and honest, more. despite the fact that he's heel, Roman is what's supposed to be this era's John Cena. Like, that's what they've been trying to build to. They finally got the fans to accept him. Grant, he had to turn heel to do it. it. It opens up a lot more doors now, and you can build him up, and then he can get that payoff where he beats Lesnar and yeah, and make him bigger. But eventually you still got to build somebody to be able to beat Roman. And I, I, I think yeah. that's the... You know, Brock, we know Brock can beat Roman. I, I feel like they got to bring somebody up and put them underneath that and build somebody that, that can beat Roman. If it's not going to be Brian or Edge, you know, if it's not going to be I mean, one I of feel those like two. in a way they almost are because look at Big E. Since mm-hmm. this, he started this whole thing, he's become more aggressive, more like his old NXT self, less like he still is somewhat fun. But for the most part, he's he's pretty much just cut and dry to business. He's going to beat asses and, and win yeah. belts. He's funny so, still. I mean, he has some yeah. good one-liners that he throws in there, but yeah, for the but most yeah, part, he's, he's not he's not uh, throwing pancakes at Michael Cole on his way <laughs> to the ring, right? Um, so I, I feel like he could be that person down the line, but that's probably a far build away. That's not something they're going to do soon. No, I, then, I, could, I think Roman's going to hold the title for a while, but I, I'm thinking SummerSlam. You know, well, that's what, so. Here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking SummerSlam. It's Roman versus Brock. Brock goes over, and then that's when you can turn Roman kind of like face, but still like the anti-hero face, where it's like he's still a dick, but he's you know the good guy in the situation because he's facing Brock, and Brock's always the bad guy. Yeah. So it kind of they get that face Roman that's over with the crowd that they want, and then that builds to next year's Mania where it's you know they have their final payoff and Roman wins back the championship. But for that all to happen, though, they got to get Brock back under contract. I mean, they just they, they got they fired fucking forty percent of the workforce last year, and they just made a billion dollars letting someone else stream and get rid of all their shit that we'll they don't that. have to maintain anymore. We'll They've opened that. up so much revenue they could buy Brock for the rest of his life, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> full time even. Oh man! All right, cool. All right, well, <laughs> the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah. All right, so overall grade, what would you give uh, WWE Fastlane? I'd say solid B I'd, myself. I'd say B plus. B plus, all right. Like it wasn't an incredible show, but it was really good, and I, I, I don't regret watching it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I give it a B. I'll give it a B minus. B minus. All right, cool. There we go. We we got all the full spectrum. We do. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, hopefully you guys enjoyed WWE Fastlane and you, you know, maybe you agreed or disagreed with some of our opinions. Feel free to let us know. Tell us about it in a review on Apple Podcasts or tweet at us at Live Your Gimmick and tell us what you think. 
Anyway, moving on, before we close the show out, we have to get into a little bit of a for or against segment. I know the fans love it. I love it. It's become one of my favorite segments. I think it spawned some pretty good conversations between us. So, without further ado, I got a few things for you guys. You're going to add mine? Well, I didn't see yours. What one was yours? Go to the chat. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it's afraid to look. Oh, no, I remember what you put. Never mind. <laughs> Oh, jeez. All right, hold on one second. I might have to approve uh, some screen time for my daughter. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, I think you're going to say you have to approve my forehead. I got to do that, too. Um, <laughs> when did you post you that? I didn't see it. it. He posted it right after I posted mine. Oh, jeez. All right, well, let me go back a minute. Like, it's, it's right... Right after you said what time you were going to get on. Okay. Uh, kids will know that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, probably not. We'll, we'll leave that <laughs> Oh, man. I, I will say. I can clean it up. Randy I'll... Orton's wife is very against that. Yeah, one, so. I, I can I can clean it up a little bit. All right, we'll, we'll get there. All right. Um, That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, the first one that I have is a bloody Brit Baker for or against. I'm I'm for it. That was fucking badass. I, that, I yeah, and that yeah, that's one thing we should talk about real quick. How fucking awesome was that main event? It was like, great. Yeah, like honestly, like probably their best main event they've had on Dynamite. And after all this, it was a women's match. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And with the two with the, with the with the two best and the two right ones to do it, so kudos for for that. That was pretty sweet. Yeah, the fact that this took place in AEW is the most shocking part, just because <laughs> of how piss poor they've handled their women's division, and then they managed to pull something like this off. Where I'm just like, holy shit! Like, I I was annoyed that people were like, oh, she's she's better than Becky. She's the man. Oh fuck off! Yeah, yeah, Becky's different. not even wrestling anymore. Like eat shit. Different just fucking situ- enjoy it. Different situation for sure. And, and yeah, you know, one was a shoot and one was a work. Like, yeah. Now, real, real quick though, did did Britt get opened up the hard way or did they blade there? I couldn't tell. Kevin, you're usually tell, pretty good about it. They didn't. I, it, if she did blade. It was hard to tell because I, I listened to her. She she did an interview with Renee Young on Renee's podcast called Oral Sessions. I don't know if anybody's listened to that or not. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um. And, 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 and I, I, I listen. I listened to the one with uh, Lisa Ann was on. Oh, okay. And it's even I <laughs> the one of uh, Christian and Big Show just because I wanted to hear the their actual sides of the story of them yeah. leaving to come here without Jericho uh, um, yeah. baiting them into saying something derogatory, but. Mm-hmm. No, she Britt was on and she talked a little bit about how how the match went down and and she said that I, just her response um, the referee told her she had color and said something so she she didn't realize she was bleeding until the referee said something or he said it looked good or something like that I don't know so I, I, I couldn't I couldn't really assess from that if she did it on purpose or if it was a planned spot or something like that but man she bled everywhere um, oh yeah. A couple spots I really appreciated there. First of all, uh, anything they did with the ladder looked brutal. Uh, the thumbtacks when she got out. First of all, her hitting that that pose like a lot of wrestlers in AEW, and I think this is because you know they they don't really a lot of them haven't really been on TV much, but a lot of wrestlers in AEW don't seem very aware of the camera. Britt, on the other hand, is. 
and mm-hmm. she made the most of that. She was aware of where the camera was. She hit that re- she hit that light, and oh my god, man, she that face that she made. But the spot where she had Thunder in the lockjaw, and Thunder Rosa rolled her into the tax to get out mm-hmm. of it. Wow, yeah. that was. I mean, come on that that was yeah. that was just that was that was amazing. I, I I give them full props for for that spot. Yeah. Awesome match. Yeah. And, and even, too, you know, I give her a lot of credit. I don't know if you saw her promo on AEW this week, but, you know, Tony Schiavone came out to interview her and really kind of started to get the crowd hyped a little bit and, like, applauding her for such for the match. And she totally worked it in and cut a she, huge she, heel she, promo. Yeah, she she stayed, yeah. yeah, she stayed in character on it. It was great. I, I give her a lot of credit for that, too. Because any other person could have bought into that and like used that as a moment mm. to be a face moment or something like that or broke kayfabe but she did not so give her some credit there yeah adam cole was one tweet he was talking oh, yeah. about like his yeah. feud with uh kyle riley the you know whatever and then he's like oh yeah p.s my girlfriend's a badass yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yep yeah, that, that was that was great. So uh, kudos to both Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. It was a great match that they put on. And yeah, I mean, it, you know, AEW Women's Division best match they've had in the last two years, without a doubt, no no doubt about it. And yeah, you know, I I don't know. Are you guys for or against the lights out concept? Because they, they did it. The only other time they did that was with Omega and Moxley. The first time they had a match, and and they're non-sanctioned. You know, they're at the end of the night after all the the show is supposed to be like going off the air or whatever. Like it's supposed to be like a like a non-sanctioned. It doesn't count for wins and losses or whatever. It's just a a blow-off match. Like, do you guys like that idea? I mean, realistically, I think the wins-losses thing is meaningless regardless, and the fact that AEW is still trying to pretend like that matters um, is comical to me, so I guess I, I could care less. So, probably yeah. against it, because it's, it's just a stupid thing to try to make something into a sport that isn't a sport because it's fixed, and like wins and losses matter in the sense of how the fans view someone, but they don't matter in the sense of like a fucking record, like a boxer or a UFC fighter. Yeah. Kevin, what do you think? I think at the end of the day, lights out doesn't really matter. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it just make it a hardcore like match, right? Like, you know, why has yeah, it got to be a, a like, lights out? Like nobody, yeah. nobody talks about how, you know, you don't talk about a lot of lights out matches in history. So Right. Yeah, it's just it just seems like an interesting concept that they have for these big blow off rivalries. So I feel like that's going to be their steel cage match, right? That's their well, like um, they, they should turn the lights out. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying too. If they it's should a kick everybody out, yeah, be like, oh, yeah. it shows over, but hey, we still have this other match. Yeah, yeah. yeah. May, may actually, turn the lights no, literally out. turn the lights off where it's dark and they have to fight in the dark trying to find <laughs> each other. <laughs> they they each just get those like they're going like this dollar store like glow sticks that you can like turn into like necklaces yeah. and things so that you can see where their fists are, but that's about it. Yeah. Oh god! All right, so a lot of this uh, for or against is AEW heavy just because we talked mostly WWE uh, going over fast lane, but um, uh, so you know a couple weeks ago we saw the uh, the formation of a new faction in AEW. Uh, two weeks ago, they got a name, and it, that name is Pinnacle. Are we for or against the name Pinnacle for the MJF faction? 
feel like it's fitting. I don't particularly like it, but it, it makes sense mm-hmm. just given how pretentious MJF is. Yeah. Kevin, what do you think? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, for a name for a faction, it, I guess it's. I guess I'm surprised it's never been used in wrestling before. Because when you think of yeah. like evolution, right? That's like mm-hmm. that's telling a story with the name, and and Pinnacle in a way does too. Um, you know, it, it just seemed almost too perfect. Like I was like, oh, yeah, I guess yeah. that makes sense. You know, that they're the pinnacle of of the industry. Like I, I like that. But I, I mean, out of that though, I thought MJF's promo two weeks ago introducing them. Wow. And, and yeah. the one that he did this past week, it, even though he only had the mic for a short amount of time, some of those hits that he got off on Jericho verbally, wow. Just yeah. just absolutely impressive what that guy can do on a microphone. I mean, I... It, I it, go yeah, ahead. It, 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 it's going to help them so much having, like, Kelly as their manager because, mm-hmm. like, he's one of the greatest talkers ever, too. So, like, it's just going to... Like amplify all of them. Like you know, FTR was already good talkers. Sean Spears was kind of, but like Sean Spears could be a breakout from this. Yeah, and Sean Spears uh, right now seems like a, he's almost a misfit toy in the situation. Like he, he, it could go one of two ways: either he could be a breakout from this, or he could just continue to fall off the map. I do, I do like how they don't really have like a sign. You know what I mean? Like. Four Horsemen, you know, you had NWO. Yeah. You know, some place, like, but they all do their own. Like, I'm, I've seen, like, uh, what, you, was it UE? Yeah. Yeah. Era. Yeah. So, no, but, like, there's still images of them, and, like, Tully's going like this. FTR is doing their thing. MJF is doing his, his thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, they're all doing their own, like, signs or whatever. So, I kind of like that. Like, I was like, man, I think I come up with, like, you know, gang signs for them or something. Like, I mean, what, what, I, what I, do you I, do I, for Pinnacle? The, the, the clear winner is is this. <laughs> the, the shocker? Yeah, the shocker. Yeah. The, shocker. <laughs> the clear winner. All right. The we'll clear make, winner. I mean, sure MGF likes too. being very vulgar, so I feel like that's yeah. the perfect. Uh, or, they, or they're going to come out. They'll, they'll be like, they're going to come what? out milk, milk, lemonade around the corner fudge. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm just thinking of it also in the sense that AEW likes to spend most of their time trying to put down WWE so then he can come out every Wednesday and be like, you want to know why NXT moved to Tuesdays? It's because we shocked the system. <laughs> there you go. That's good. That's, that's, that's good. That's good. I, I, I expect uh, my check from MJF in the mail. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh man, um, but yeah, I mean, he he's just been on another level, and and this is, I think he's the right person to be the mouthpiece, and and the the thing that I like about them too is that their their promo style feels very like old school wrestling, like Jim Crockett promotions, like North Carolina style, like each one of them cut a promo on a different member of the inner circle. It just seemed very old school to me, and I, I like that feel to it, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, they all had something to say, but they were addressing different people. And I, I, maybe I picked up on that because I've been listening to Conrad's little thing with Tony Schiavone where they've been going back through, like, 1986, and you hear, like, the four horsemen come out, and they cut a promo on everybody. Like, basically, it's like they, you know, the the heel roster cuts a promo on the face roster. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, it's yeah, just, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like Flair would go 
he's like, we beat up Nikita. We beat up the road. Like, they'll go through, like, all the time. Yeah. It's always the same stuff. We beat up the Road Warriors, Ronnie Garvin, Barry, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. You're just addressing, they're just addressing multiple people. Yeah, it just felt, like, real old school like that to me. So, I I guess I kind of like that. But, man, I, I mean, that... MJF, you just can't say enough good things about the guy. I mean, at 24 years old, the things that he's able to accomplish in the ring, he's good. On the mic, he's good. The guy is going to be a huge star. I I honestly feel like he might have to show up in WWE to really reach his true potential. I hate to say that, and I'm sure AEW smarks are going to fucking hate me for saying that. But I I think eventually he needs to be on that bigger stage, personally. Uh, but, I mean, right now, cutting his teeth where he's at doing what he's doing is just absolutely incredible. I feel like the only thing that is problematic with that is he is a very explicit heel. I mean, he tells kids to fuck off and eat shit and yeah. middle finger everywhere. It's very true. And that obviously won't fly in WWE. Yeah, but so I think that's either going to be hindrance on if they're willing to try to get him or if he even wants to go to WWE because he probably isn't the type of guy since he basically is a asshole version of Undertaker in his 20s that I can't, I can't imagine he's going to be like, yeah, I'll censor myself because I want to be on this big space. He'll be like, no, I'm making money and I've made a name for myself. Fuck you. I'm going to do what I want. It's kind of almost- Yeah, but at the same time, though, he is 24. You're, the way you react and handle people and your maturity level changes as you get older. So I could see him older MJF not saying fuck off to a three-year-old. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just, I feel like over time he'll he'll not rely so much on that. I think it's easy for him to go to now, and he's young enough that he can get away with it. But I think as he matures and gets older, he'll, he'll fall into a style that's not that... Not not vulgar for vulgar's sake, where sometimes I think he, he can fall heavy on that. Uh, where I think, you know, but it just... But even the stuff that he said about Jericho, man, that, that stuff just cuts. Like, it's not... That mm-hmm. wasn't... Anything he said about Jericho wasn't necessarily vulgar, but yeah. it was it was true to a point, and it was all true enough that it really cut. So, you know, that's something that a lot of guys just... I don't know if they're just not capable of it, or they don't want to do it or whatever if they're afraid of that kind of heat or, you know, oh, I don't want to hurt his feelings, where MJF just doesn't care and he'll he'll say what he wants to say. And that kind of goes back to where we were talking about he and Jericho on, on Jericho's podcast and just how they were just kind of burying everybody. Like, he just doesn't give a shit. And that's mm-hmm. great because you you – in order to make it compelling, you want to see him get his ass kicked. Like you, you want to see him get his ass kicked. You want him to get that kind of heat. And a lot of guys, I think, are afraid to get that kind of heat now. Very Randy, Randy Ortonish. Yeah, yeah. At that age. Speaking of Randy, did you see him on Stone Cold's uh, Broken? I mean, dude, just the, everything he had to say in that was just compelling. I mean, that was a great mm-hmm. watch, start to finish. Um. You know, and it almost makes you wonder if he had that talking ability back when he was that young, how good he could have been. Oh yeah, that you know, I, I mean, you put level even back then. Then yeah, you put him with the promos that he's given off now back then. Holy shit, man, that guy would have been. You know. For him to even say now, it's like the best he's at in his career. Yeah, which is crazy to think. Like, like I don't know. There's many ver like my favorite well, my favorite version of Orton is when he like first started doing like the Viper 
like when he got the new theme music and he first came back with all the tat new tattoos and stuff. Mm-hmm. He used to walk to the ring real slow. He'd always look over his shoulder, like even though nobody's gonna attack him, it was like who's behind me, who's over my shoulder. Like I love that version of Randy. I thought that was like his best, but the fact that he says like this version is his best, yeah, like tells you something so yeah and and you can't really deny it because he's telling such good stories with everybody that he's got a a program with i mean edge and Mm -hmm. and the fiend everything that he's done there even the story that he told with mcintyre and taking out the legends and all that stuff like it's just it's he's just been great man i mean he's been the pandemic mvp you know for for the most part during this entire time he's really shined with it with his ability to do that um Couple more uh, AEW things. Uh, did you guys catch the the back and forth between QT Marshall and Cody on uh, on AEW Dynamite? They're building a little bit of a rivalry there because uh, QT is apparently pissed that he's doing all the work and Cody gets all the notoration and he wants a match. Well, he and owns then, the company. Co- yeah, well, Cody came out with his, his arm in a sling and said, "Oh, I, you know, you're my friend. I'll give you what you want, but." You know, just so you know, if I if I get you in the figure four, I'm not going to lock it in. If I, you know, if I get you in a crossroads position, I'm not going to finish you off or something like that. Like just like yeah, I'll have a match with you, but it's going to be an exhibition, and I'm not going to actually have a match with you. I, I don't know, just just something about the whole thing just was really fucking weird. So they're going to have an exhibition, and Cody's not going to finish him off. Exactly. <laughs> That oh, that man. that is Yo, exactly is what that promo was. That is exactly <laughs> what that promo was. Yes, yes, yes. That is all right. So for or against Cody versus QT in a exhibition where he doesn't finish him. I feel like everyone <laughs> deserves to finish, that. so I'm against it. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Well put, Michael. I th- I don't think you could. I don't think anything else needs to be said about that. Um, I don't know if you guys caught it on uh, TNT, but they're going to put out a reality show featuring Cody and Brandy. What do you think? The first he wants to be Triple H, now he wants to be The Miz? Yep, for or against (laughs) Cody and and Brandy's reality show on TNT. Um, I'm I'm against that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I I, I guess I'm against it too, because it just sounds stupid, like... Miz at least is an in, like Miz is in character on the show, so either that or he's just that much of a, a fucking weird asshole all the time. Uh, so it makes sense, and he's interesting to watch. Versus Cody's not interesting to begin with. Like he's talented as fuck, but he's he doesn't have a personality that makes me go, "Damn, you know what? I wish he wasn't wrestling, and I could watch him sitting on the couch getting berated by his wife for some stupid shit he did earlier in the day." Like. No yeah, it, it seems like this one is going to focus more on his behind-the-scenes role with AEW and everything that he's doing there and how that's maybe affecting their relationship, and it's also going to involve her her pregnancy and all that stuff too. So, I mean, I guess anybody... Unless they have a time machine and they can go back to her reaction when he got that neck tattoo without asking her first, then I don't care. That'd be great. They really should do that. There was there was a point in the show where she calls him a name, and I and it's escaping me right now what she calls him. But you know, the, part of the preview showed her calling him like um, arrogant or something like that, and they're like, oh. Oh, well, I guess that's on brand. But yeah, real interesting. All right, moving over to NXT. It looks like at uh, the new takeover, we're gonna get 
Finn Balor versus Kyrian Cross for the NXT title. Are we for or against Kyrian Cross oh. dethroning Finn Balor? So for it. Like, yeah. if there's too. someone to do it, it's him. And the fact that his first title reign got cut super short because he got injured during the title match, like, it's, it's it just makes sense. And my only fear is that they're going to injure each other in this match because that seems to be what happens when Finn gets in a match with someone who, and they want to really fucking... To bring the roof it. down. Yeah, it, it, they both get injured. <laughs> it's gonna be back to square one. Yeah, isn't that ironic that Kieran got hurt in the match that he won the title, and he's going after Finn? Yeah, and the same shit. Same shit happened to Finn. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely shoulder injury in both instances too. Uh, Kieran's yeah. wasn't nearly as severe as Finn's was, but still shoulder injury nonetheless. So. Yeah. Not to mention when he got his, you know, jaw wired shut because he got it broken when he took on Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah. Yeah. Do we talk about uh Scarlett, how she manipulated uh, the tag team champions into giving a match against those two? Or we know because we didn't record last week and that happened last week. Did you guys see that at all? I saw like brief clips of it, but I don't think I got to see the whole segment. She, she was like rubbing herself on Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch and like putting her boobs in in their faces and at one point you even see Danny Birch like going like this and then it made sense that he and um he and Carrion had a one on one match on, on NXT. But uh you know basically it was like, you know goaded them into having a, a tag team championship match with Finn and Kyrian Cross last week on NXT. And of course the match ended up with uh with Finn accidentally knocking Scarlet down, which led to Cross beating the shit out of him, which kinda helped mm-hmm. propel the match. So it's not like they won the tag team titles, but it was just kinda interesting how they're they're starting to use her a little bit more and you're starting to see a different side of her. And she was talking about like it's in the cards and like all this stuff about fate and, and things like that, which was but she kind of orchestrated the entire thing, so she called it fate. But then she put it all all together. She so is fate, yeah, Jason. I want to see her wrestle too because she actually is a pretty good wrestler. She was on the indie scene for a while, so I want to see her eventually get in the ring. I think that'd be cool. But all right, moving on. Um, what do you guys think of this uh, Kyle Riley versus Adam Cole build? Are you for or against kind of the way they've been building this match? So if you remember I... two weeks ago. You know, that Kyle O'Reilly still not medically cleared, right? So he's not allowed in the building. Well, he was outside the building. Cole came outside, and then Regal got called to something, and they had this whole setup where they had police and EMTs. They had both guys in handcuffs, and they had this whole thing, and it almost looked like it was you know, shot almost on grainy footage. And then this week, um, they showed a, a scene, a security footage scene, where Adam came and attacked Kyle at a... Jiu-Jitsu dojo where he was training somebody uh, on the brilliant Jiu-Jitsu. So, what, I don't know. What, what do you guys think of that build? Do you like how they're kind of doing this a little gritty? It's, I mean, it's different. And I don't not like it. It's just one of those things where it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a minute to grow on me. Because it's just kind of out of the box. Like, they don't really do that often. Um, but I, I, it's not bad. I'm for it. Okay. What do you think, Kev? Yeah, I'm yeah, all for it. I'm I'm all for the uh, little exchange that uh, Michael's had with Cole. Oh, the other day too. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people thought that was going to lead to a match. I don't know if it's going to though. No. 
Yeah, no, Sean, probably not. Sean's I mean, to... Sean will do anything for money, but I don't know if he'll do that. He he regrets the uh, Saudi Arabia gig. He, he said, "Well, he yeah, because he, he kind of missed his moonsault by a lot." So yeah. Well, Triple H tearing his pec thirty seconds into the match probably didn't help, and the fact yeah. that Kane is was still kind of hobbled on a broken foot probably didn't help, and it just was. And Undertaker was at really. that point super old and not in great shape. Like yeah. he was, he wasn't ready for that match the way he should have been. Like Kane lost everybody his in that match. Kane lost his mask. Was pretty much a shit show. Yeah. Oh yeah, Kane lost his mask. That was <laughs> that, was, that was awkward. All right, that show that 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 anything that happened in Saudi Arabia didn't actually actually exist though. So we'll we'll move on from there. All right, um, what about Raquel Gonzalez beating Io for the NXT Women's Championship? Women's Championship. Do you think that uh, are you for or against Raquel being the one to finally knock off Io Shirai? I'm just more confused by this because like they haven't really pushed her as like a main character throughout the time that at least. No, the I've build from she's, this she's always been the sidekick to Dakota Kai. The build so from this match she's... was just like a couple of back and forth segments behind the like in the backstage, and then then mm-hmm. uh, EO coming out to help um, another wrestler who's getting beat up by by her. So there hasn't been a huge build for it. Yeah, it's it's very odd. I, I I'll say I'm for it with the condition. I'm for it under the condition that it leads to Dakota getting jealous and turning on. Raquel and leads to a match between them at some point for the title that I could get behind. Yeah, I but get behind she, that. They, just, they just haven't done anything to make her important. Like, yeah, she she technically won the War Games match for them, um, and she's had a few big moments, but she hasn't been like her character hasn't been written as a main character. She's always been the sidekick. So it, she's they're gonna have to do something to try to make her a little little more elevated because just beating the champion when you have done nothing really of like super note it's it's not going to suddenly make me care yeah i hear you kev what about you um i'm indifferent i guess i don't really care (laughs) okay cool either either way moving on then um we'll get to kevin's question uh for or against how alexa covered randy I mean, that, that's not what I asked. I know it's not what you asked, but I cleaned it up. I told you I cleaned it up. <laughs> um, I I feel like realistically, I don't care. Uh, people I mean, made a huge deal out of it. I mean, yeah, really, people made a way huge deal out of it. Needed to be realistically, she couldn't straddle his chest because she's too short, and there's no way her legs would have yeah. touched the ground. And she was sitting she on his tried. stomach. She wasn't sitting on his lap. Yeah, you know, it, I, I, mean, I still. Like that Twitter exchange you had with that person, I still wanted to chime in and be like, "Oh wait, you guys don't fuck people with your belly button too." Like yeah. it was <laughs> like people need to grow the fuck up and and quit trying to be like everything's got to be perverted and sexual. No, who gives it? It's the yeah. fucking wrestlers. It's not like she just started fucking grinding on him. She straddled him so the fiend could stand over them and do their pose in front of the camera. Like yeah. that's it. I mean, the- I mean, granted, Randy's wife apparently is shoot upset about it. Um, right? But- yeah. Yeah. Oh, is she really? Yeah. She, oh, yeah. She, she, she tweeted, tweeted about, about it, it. and like then Randy tweeted that uh, like Soldier that. Boy needs to, to 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 call her up and let her know it's fake. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Great. Apparently, his his wife is is not very happy. <laughs> that is funny. That is funny. Wow, oh, man. Um. Yeah. So that that was definitely interesting. All right, we'll move on quickly from that. Uh. 
I don't know if you guys noticed or not, but Braun Strowman, uh, when they now when he does the thing where he runs around the ring and clubs people with his shoulder, uh, they added a freight train sound to that that they pipe in. So now when he runs around the ring, you hear. <laughs> Are you for or against the freight trade sound being piped in for Braun Strowman? Against it. <laughs> I, I'm Start. all for the campiness, but yeah, that's just fucking stupid. I'm against it. I'd, yeah. I'd be more for it if he kept a little like Bluetooth radio on his hip and he'd press the button It's as he's about to do it. So <laughs> like with him like being like, I'm a train choo-choo, motherfucker. Right. Like, that, would, that would entertain me. But them piping it in just as fucking stupid. Yeah, it was yeah. it was weird. It was jarring for sure. See that those are moments where like a color commentator comes into play. Like that's that's where something like the king would have done. Like oh here he comes, chuka chuka chuka. You know like remember yeah. when? Uh, oh my god, I need when, my when the Godfather, do that now. Remember when the Godfather used to do the hoe train? Yeah, and, and, king, and king would always go. Oh, here goes my favorite part. Here comes the whole train. You go, chugga, 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 and then Godfather go do it. Like, yeah, that's yeah, that's that I'd be for. So you need Corey I, Graves doing the. Oh, here comes Braun. It's the Braun train. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah. Byron I, I Saxon could pull is. that off. He could get away. Oh with my god, yes. Like that. That would. That's totally Saxton. something Saxon needs to do. Yeah, he he'd fucking do it, and he'd sell it like a champ too. Yeah, he would. That'd be great. He's on Raw that fits. All right, Brian or Byron Saxon, you need to do the train sound instead of the pipe then, definitely. You should tweet at him. Let him yeah, know. definitely. We'll do that. I feel like he'd actually pitch it to Vince, too. He I'm amazed would. how much better Byron Saxon is from yeah. when like, he first, like, I thought he was, was god-awful when he first started. I'm honestly like, shocked he's still with the company because he was bullied so much. Yeah. Between JBL and Corey Graves, even Michael Cole, I'm just like, this poor man is going to be in fucking tears, crying in the shower, quitting his job by the end of this. Like, <laughs> he just keeps coming back for more. He loves it. Good yeah. for him. All right. Apparently, he's really into Nia Jax and her feet. So. Yeah. All right. Last one. Peacock scrubbing WWE content for or against? Is that even a question? <laughs> it is. Because it's so happening. Good. So against, yeah. So I I keep I keep doing more and more research into this because it's very. You get one person saying one thing, one person saying another. Yeah, like just like the anything, there's a bunch of misreporting. Uh, I mean, granted, they do apparently have a team that's going through all like seventeen thousand hours of content to go through and like make sure everything's kosher. Um, Supposedly, the only things that actually have been removed are things that could be deemed potentially racist. Mm -hmm. So, like, when McMahon at Survivor Series decided to say the N-word, <laughs> yeah. that was removed. Um, yeah. and, and reasonable, reasonably so. That that segment wasn't needed. Well, the other uh, thing... Supposedly was Roddy, uh, Roddy Piper with half his face painted black being yeah. considered blackface. And I'm like, no, yeah. he's supposed to be Scottish and that's supposed to be war paint. Like, no, well, he, he had a match with Bad News Brown. And the storyline of the match was Piper says it was to create unity between black and white. And that's the reason why he did it that way. Uh, uh, Bad News Brown, on the other hand, and this could just be, you know, because some guys shoot just to get their names out there. Uh, you know, those shoot interviews aren't really necessarily shoots. But yeah. Bad News Brown said that he thought it was racist. Um, okay, that makes more sense now because I yeah. I never knew much more about it than just the fact that it was there. So I just assumed that it was like kind of like how 
uh, Drew did the war paint for this, but he did blue because obviously yeah. probably would be misconstrued as. as Do you want to know a funny a funny story about that? Oh the, yeah, the, I know this story, but go ahead. <laughs> the black the black paint that Piper put on there was a special it was a special paint that because it would stay on and wouldn't rub off. So like there's a special solution that would take that particular paint off, and I guess Andre, <laughs> while Piper was out wrestling, grabbed the solution and dumped it and put water in, into the container. <laughs> so Piper was in the shower for like six hours after his match. And I guess Rick Martell too, with a toothbrush scrubbing and trying to get the black off. And he said he couldn't, he said he had it on for like two weeks or something like that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, okay. So that, that makes a little more sense now, but if yeah. they're, if they're only going through and scrubbing like racist things, Sure, that's fine. My concern is going to be because most of the things that happened in the Edge era are definitely not PC. And, yeah, and yeah. definitely a, a current generation would not be able to handle. So that's a lot if they're going to go through and scrub and basically eliminate 50% of the Attitude era, that's a problem. And that's like you. there's nothing in the Attitude era that's offensive enough that it's legitimately intended to be offensive it it was just that time yeah and i there, there comes a point where you have to differentiate that this wasn't made for 2020 and if you're watching it then you're watching it with that intent that you understand that not because you want to nitpick it and be like oh they, that's sexist that's racist that's just put it, homophobic that's just this, put a this disclaimer that. Like, on it you know what i mean yeah, like, like just put a disclaimer like, that's what disney did they, they yeah. put disclaimers on like the muppet episodes that came off like racist and yeah. stuff so do something like that you don't need to just erase it um because ultimately that's going to hurt peacock more than it's going to hurt the fans because peacock's going to lose money because the fans won't subscribe because yeah, the current product isn't YouTube or whatever yeah isn't selling the fans enough that they're going to keep it just to watch the pay-per-views yeah and most of the fans who are like hardcore fans want to watch that old stuff more than they want to watch the new stuff. And and I get it from their perspective, right? They paid a billion dollars to have this on their network and it's a five-year contract. So it's not like any of this stuff is going to be gone forever. If WWE mm-hmm. wants to bring it back, eventually they can, because who knows who's going to offer them money when this contract is up. Maybe it'll stay with Peacock. Maybe it'll go to Fox. Maybe WWE will just bring it back to their own network. You, you never know. Right. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's still a part of the history of the business. So for me, I, I kind of wish that, you know, it, it exposes everything warts and all. You know, the, obviously mm-hmm. there's been some missteps. We've grown. We've matured. But, yeah, I think if you just put a disclaimer, put something like that on there, that that's all you really need. One of the funniest things I saw, though, somebody put a Facebook and one of the Facebook groups posted, like, you think your day is going bad. There's a guy right now with uh, that works for Peacock that's looking at 17 hours of WWE footage. And he's yet to come across May Young giving birth to a hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I thought was funny. Well, Other than that, then, though, wait till it gets to Kate, Katie Vick. Yeah, right. Oh, oh God, <laughs> I, I will be shocked if that doesn't uh, get cut. Necrophilia. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, and there's a lot. And obviously, you know, just with any form of entertainment, there's been missteps. You know, but mm-hmm. when you know, if they start cutting out you know, characters that are portrayed in a certain way because, oh, we might deem that as racist now. Well, that, that's how the character was portrayed. That's how entertainment works. I mean, movies and TV shows portray those characters in the same way. But for some reason, when wrestling does it, 
it's racist because they're you know the the characters stay in their gimmick or they follow that gimmick. They're, they're not carnies. just paid actors. They're yeah, respectable. Yeah, it's so that that's that's where that's where I have a problem with it because it is at the end of the day it is a TV show. It's not necessarily a, a reflection of how any one particular person feels. It's just you're trying to create compelling content, and it's the same thing that a movie or TV or a TV show would do. So. You know, this is a TV show just like that. So why why scrub that stuff out? You're not going through the office and scrubbing out potentially. You know what I mean? Like NBC owns that. Yeah. How many things has Michael Scott said that if you, oh, God. you, you know, that shit would not, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't air that show today because of that, but it's revered and it's loved because of when it aired and people love it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you, there's some things that he says that you're just like, oh, my God, I can't believe he said that. Like, if he said that today, people would lose their shit. Nobody would watch a show right. anymore. It'd be canceled. You know what I mean? So, I, I don't know. It, it's just, it is what it is, but I, I just it, hope that they don't take too much out. I'm okay with the, the two the things they did, but, you know, whatever. At the end of the day, it's not like this is, like, a monument to, a, like a general who is a slave owner that needs to be brought down because it's it's celebrating yeah. someone this is literally just video history of Satire. a company and yeah. It, yeah it's it's not it's not something where they're like fucking you go into a museum and they've got a, a statue of vince with tvs and that's all you see is all the fucking shitty stuff like it's not that's not it's not even like remotely close to that same kind of scenario i i'm i am genuinely cu curious though if eugene is uh, left on the cutting room floor <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. But even then, you know, that was a tribute to a kid that used to come around to their, um, like the, his dad would set up the ring, and he was a kid that would come into like come. And his name was Eugene, and he was on the spectrum, whatever. But that character was a tribute to him, so it wasn't meant to be, you know, something that they're making fun of or anything mm -hmm. harsh. Like it was legitimately an homage to somebody that they loved and respected and, and admired so that, you know, it, when you look at it from that perspective and you actually know the true story behind Eugene, like it's not a, it, it's not to be made fun of. They, nobody ever calls him retarded or anything like that. You know, they don't, I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, they I, don't say that. Word. They don't say yeah, the they word. They don't use the R word. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> they, they don't call him, they, they, you know, nobody really necessarily calls him call bad names like that. You know, they don't, uh, you know, they don't diminish him in that way. So, you know, for that, for that to be said, like, you know, they shouldn't get rid of that. If they did, that'd be a travesty. Eugene had some so, really great moments in WWE. I, I agree that the intent of Eugene Obviously, it was more so, like you mentioned, it was more a tribute to that kid. But some of the things they did with Eugene was very much so in a mocking manner, like of like taking advantage of him and his disabilities. So, oh my god, all the stuff Triple H did with him. Oh yeah, yeah like good god, I mean, hours of hours of, of things that will definitely not be deemed. But at okay. the same time, though, those that those characters were doing that because they were asshole characters. That's the same as if Eugene was a part of a show called, um, Gene? I don't. Yeah, the Eugene show. You know what I mean? Like, it could be anything. It could have been a sitcom, and you would have characters taking advantage of him in the same way. That's that's where there's there's okay, a weird I, disconnect I, with wrestling. I, I can kind of see that. I, I, yeah, it is, it is a definitely a big difference because wrestling isn't looked at as this, like, masterful storytelling. It's looked at as, as fucking idiots beating up each other in costumes and shit. So I, there's definitely a huge disconnect between the two. And also, like, 
usually if someone's going to do something like that, they're going to write it a little better than WWE would, but it, it, it it's basically with that time frame and yeah. with, you know, what WWE presents you, as they're writing. They're not you, there to make an Emmy award winning show. They're there to, to just entertain the using the, the office fans. comparison. What's the difference between Kevin and Eugene? Uh, Kevin is never referred to like directly or implied to actually be mentally handicapped. Really, though, I, I mean, maybe implied for Eugene, but he's never been. They never really directly said that about him, though. I feel like they probably one. It was heavily implied, and two, I'm pretty sure they they never probably used the word. But I'm with Kevin. Sure it was heavily they... implied, though, too. <laughs> I don't think so. Like if I if you put Kevin and Eugene side by side and watch both their scenes, Eugene is very obviously a satire on someone who's mentally handicapped where Kevin's just a fat guy who's kind of dim. Like <laughs> I don't know. I I've I just, a lot of Kevins yeah. who are just normal dudes. Not not so much uh <laughs> Come on, when he spells the chili <laughs> is, is that is, is that okay is that not the number like one or two moment from office it is pretty That's great pretty and he's trying to scoop it back in yeah, <laughs> yeah. my my personal favorite is the cpr training yeah Dwight rips that, the face that, off and puts it on. That's my that's my personal favorite scene, but it's it's that the chili and then um the chicken alfredo marathons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on then. Um, thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of the show. If you are a subscriber on Apple Podcasts, we do agree, greatly appreciate any five star reviews you can give. We also appreciate any feedback, comment on how you like the show, or tweet us your feedback at live your gimmick also on instagram we do have a our on twitter we have an instagram as well but we don't really use it that often uh michael we got going on with modern toy fair news anything special fun exciting same thing we have every week jason we've got the news on friday and then we've got our diff or different action figure reviews on mondays and as always if you want to give me your money tpublic.com search gimmick minute modern toy fair why are you a gamer there's shirts for our logos on them there if you click the little blue link it'll take you to my store all sorts of other designs for shirts pillows cups masks all sorts of stuff and if you're listening to this and you are the one who bought the bukaki warriors t-shirt oh please yes. tweet us at live your gimmick i need to know who you are i will send you another t I'll, I'll pay for another t-shirt for you so please send us your information i want to know who bought the bukaki warriors t-shirt you I are too and you I, are the i'm true, not sold that it's not one of you two you are the true hero not me. You are the true hero. Kevin hasn't I even could, bought the shirt that he designed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the shirt that he wanted made, and he hasn't bought it. So, but you are the true hero, whoever bought that t-shirt. So if you're listening to this episode, please let us know who you are. I want to know who bought that shirt. So, um, it's, I mean, it's a great design. It's a great shirt, but, it, I mean, it, it just... I, it's not something you could wear around. Yeah, you know, I, that's, that's the thing. Like, I, I can't see anybody wearing that around. But you know, teach their own. Maybe somebody's just rocking a Bukaki Warrior shirt somewhere out there. And if I ever see you in public, I may stop and give you a hug. I'm just gonna warn you right now. Anyway, all right. Thank you again for listening to this week's episode of the show. Uh, for Michael and Kevin, I am Jason, reminding you, smarts out there, to be a fan and always live your gimmick. Thank you. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bukaki Warriors. Thank you.